Hello, Ravens Recap is here. We are live from a tailgate outside of MT Bank Stadium, looking over a ticket booth. We're very excited to be here. Gate F specifically. Oh, all right, Gate F. <laughs> Shout out to the Packard family for letting us tailgate with them. I've known those guys a long time. They're really great people. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't know at the time of the recording of the prediction episode that we'd be here, uh, but we're here and enjoying ourselves. And we're looking forward to a good game. We want to give Rob a big shout out for these tickets. He was the same guy that allowed us to go to the Jacksonville game in the preseason all together. And we couldn't be more appreciative. This is going to be a great game. And we're excited to give our takes live from the stadium. Let's go round and round, round and round, round and round. Wheels on the bus go round and round, all through the bay. How are your voices holding up, guys? Not as bad as I thought it would, in spite of the fact that that was probably the most I've screamed at a Ravens game for a while now. (laughs) My voice was straight failing me. (laughs) I sound like a raspy chain smoker the second half of the day. (laughs) It only cut out. It was awesome. Yeah. I was so happy to be screaming. Yeah. How about you, Chris? Mine's okay. (laughs) It definitely doesn't feel good, but it's okay. (laughs) So we got the awesome opportunity. Thank you again, Rob for giving us the opportunity to go see the game live and in person. The three of us were able to tailgate, spend most of the day together. It was uh, one of the better days of the year, in my opinion. Had a lot of fun. Absolutely. That was actually my first time ever tailgating before a game, so that was a fun new experience for me. And what do you just know? The game was even better, man. I mean, we were all thinking it. Everyone I talked to was thinking about it. This is going to be a shootout. Maybe like both teams score 30 points. Like whoever gets the ball last is going to come away with the win. But that all was only going to happen if Houston actually made their flight to Baltimore, which it didn't look like they did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tell you what, man. Uh, there were a lot of points scored yesterday, but yeah, only seven points from Houston. What the heck, man? And it was bogus. Hide. Ah, there's still no talent. Still no talent. <laughs> oh man. Hide is still a bum. It was a garbage roughing the passer call against Tyus. We love you, Bowser, for a great hustle play. And that's what broke our shutout. Oh come on. That's. I was I was bummed so much. The guy's gonna test for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we want the shutout, man. I mean, obviously, you still get the win either way, but and forty-one to seven for those of you who didn't get to see the game when somehow haven't checked scores yet. Ravens beat Houston forty-one to seven, secured the number two seed for now. Couldn't get the number one seed. Philly couldn't hold on and and knock New England off, but still, number two seed, great spot to be this late in the season and. It's surprising, too, how high-scoring the game was for the Ravens after that first quarter we were watching that, and both teams were just having a tough time, you know, revving the engines up after 0-0 after one quarter, and then 41 for the Ravens in the next three. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, we've seen this from the Ravens, uh, at least the offense, the last couple of weeks, being able to put up a lot of points behind the number one rushing attack in the NFL. Number two total offense, although Cowboys aren't too far ahead. But yeah, I mean, I think the story for this week too was that this was a complete game from both sides. 
you know, actually, we were joking during the game that we were never going to see a five-sack performance from the defense. And what do you know, guys? We saw it. We saw it yesterday. Seven sacks from the team. They were just putting a ton of pressure on Deshaun Watson. And, you know, really, I think was the, the difference in this game. I'm just going to say, I think there is no chance of the Ravens getting at least five sacks in a game going forward this year if they couldn't get more than two in this game yesterday. This game was headlined to be a battle between two young quarterbacks, two people giving their bid for the MVP award. And candidly, our defense was such a terror that it's not surprising that Deshaun Watson was unable to get himself going in this ball game. Clearly a good player, but yeah, both quarterbacks didn't look excellent in the first quarter. Both had their fair share of missed passes and blown opportunities, but Lamar was able to get it going and really deliver an MVP performance, and Watson just couldn't this game. The defense needs to be applauded. It was an incredible effort. Turnovers, pressure, we just took away all their options. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. I will say, I probably think I catch maybe like parts of a Houston game once a year. Like, I think I saw them when they were in the playoffs, that game against the Colts last year. You know, maybe if they're like America's game of the week or Sunday night football, you'll see them. Props to the Ravens defense with the coverage and really shutting down the skill players on Houston. But man, I know I've read before that Deshaun Watson holds the ball an abnormally long time for a quarterback, and that doesn't play well with the Houston's already less than stellar offensive line pass protection. But man, actually seeing it in person, it felt like he was holding on to the ball for like 30 seconds every play. Yeah, I think you're right, Peter. There were definitely several plays that I can think of where, you know, Watson just needs to learn to throw the ball away, man. I can tell he wants to try and make a play, you know, wants to try to be able to extend a play. But, you know, if if you're evading pressure in the pocket, like one, two, three, four, five guys and trying to juke them all out, like eventually somebody's going to hit home and you got to learn to throw that ball away, throw away the play and, you know, move on. You know, and I I think that's kind of the, the, the big difference here between those quarterbacks is, you know, at least... With the with the line that we have, and you know, with with a guy like Lamar, he's he's able to kind of escape that pressure and, and kind of just get out of a bad situation. It wasn't flawless. I mean, there were one or two plays where you know Lamar was able to get sacked. You know, there was some great pressure on that one play from Scarlett, I believe, on Houston. Uh, he basically just read the play and, and sacked Lamar before he had time to do anything. But, you know, yeah. there are definitely several plays where, you know, Lamar is able to get out of the pocket, get up into open space and pick up a couple yards, whereas Watson just either there wasn't a lane for him because the defense was playing stout or, you know, he may have had time, but, you know, he just he needed to throw that ball away in some of those situations and, and just, you know, wasn't able to get it done. A great example of that was when Judon strip-sacked and it was recovered by our good buddy Sack Daddy, Jalen Ferguson. That play, he was back there for a while, evading, scrambling. Sack Daddy actually had a, a chance on him and, and missed. And yeah, like that's when you throw it away. That's when you, you do something else. But he tried to keep moving around and eventually got punished for it. I actually was just watching that play on the condensed game recap while you were saying that. Something I didn't notice while we were watching it live, we were talking going into this game 
both Ronnie Stanley and Laramie Tunsil will be playing in the same game. So you kind of see both of them on the same field. On that play, Jalen Ferguson actually just completely makes Laramie Tunsil look like a complete scrub as he's applying the pressure as well. <laughs> Like he's, he gets around Tunsil and Tunsil just gives up. <laughs> so, I mean, not a good showing for Tunsil there, but another positive play there for Ferguson. He's really been coming along, as we've noted in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm excited to see him continue to grow into his role. And like I was telling a buddy today, if Eric DaCosta keeps drafting in such a stellar manner, the Ravens are going to be a great franchise for many years to come. Between him and Elias, I feel like. Baltimore sports are in really good hands. Certainly seeing immediate returns on DaCosta. Elias, we're still going to have to wait a couple more years on. (laughs) But gosh, we can bring up his name again this week because Michael Pierce wasn't able to go this game. After that injury against Cincy, we saw Zach Sear had some issues stepping up in there and being the next guy up when Pierce went down. So what does DaCosta do? He goes out and finds DeMata Pecco. A free agent who we all remember from his time with Cincinnati, spent some years on the Broncos as well. You can't forget a guy with that hair, but <laughs> right, yeah. But yeah, this guy, just another guy like LJ Fort and Josh Bynes, had been let go, and DeCosta gave him a chance, and he came in there. He only had two tackles, but definitely did see him make a lot of of, of pressure on the quarterback in that game. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I you know, I I think. It was as probably as good as we could hope for for a guy we just signed up off the street, right? I mean, wasn't to the level I would think of Marcus Peters, at least in level of impact, but but man, I mean, he was overall pretty solid, about all that you could hope for. Same thing with Justin Ellis, too. Both those guys, I think, rotated in for a couple of snaps each, and uh, yeah, they definitely played well. If you take away that one run from Hyde at the end of the game, I mean, if you're holding the Texans' offense to... Under the bold prediction that I <coughs> named last week. <laughs> Chris, I got to tell you, it was more than a couple snaps for those two. Pecco and Ellis combined for 43 snaps. And it was just days after signing. I mean, that's incredible. The way they were able to come in and fill in that many plays for the Hurt Pierce. I mean, again, we've been saying it for many weeks now, but Wink deserves a lot of attention this offseason. I don't want to lose him, but he's doing a great job in his role as defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, my, my only point with that was that just that, you know, because Wink is doing such a good job uh, rotating guys, you know, that neither of them were playing the whole game. But, you know, yeah, they got their they got their snaps. I didn't know it was as high as, you know, 40 snaps between them. That That is, uh, that's a good number. How many, do you know how many total snaps there were on defense that game? No one played all the snaps. Oh, no, Chuck Clark did. Sorry. 61 snaps. Dude, that's something to talk about right there. I mean, We've seen that in a lot of games so far this year since Clark has had to step up with the injury to Jefferson. They got him out there on the field quite a bit for a guy who, you know, started out the year and was unquestionably going to be a backup. I mean, debatable whether or not he should have been starting from day one for this team to start the year. But for a guy who's just been thrown in, they have him out there every play. Yeah, Chuck Clark has been a huge, huge reason for the overall improvement of the Ravens' defense the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think this is a guy, too, in the offseason we were looking at, like, you know, hey, does he have a spot on this team? Because we were all very high on Deshaun Elliott, and, 
you know. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody would have said, you know, Bennett Jackson was better than better than Clark at the time. I mean, there were other options on the team, and we figured that, you know, between Earl Thomas and Tony Jefferson, we, um, you know, may have not needed that extra depth. So, you know, it was kind of questionable, but, you know, he has definitely done a great job not only relaying all the calls but you know being in basically succeeding in any position that we put him in I mean whether we put him in that sort of dime linebacker role whether he's blitzing whether he's in coverage I mean this guy is just he's playing very very solid football and I mean you haven't seen a lot of those secondary breakdowns that we saw in the first couple weeks and hats off to Clark man he's just playing very very well this season I, you know, I hope it continues. I hope he's able to get a couple sacks or turnovers or something, show up on the stat sheet a little bit more. But, you know, if he keeps doing what he's doing, I think those things will come. You got to own your good takes and you got to own your bad takes. When we were doing that 53-man roster, I almost didn't have Clark on there. Not because I was going to cut him, but he almost forgot about him. Man, you can't forget about him now. How about that? (laughs) Another thing I wanted to bring up from the snap count is that Peanut was only on the field for nine of the snaps. Now, he had a good impact on those nine snaps. Again, naturally playing that will position, being aggressive. But I was kind of surprised to see he was only out there for such few snaps. Yeah, I guess that, that does sound right. I don't remember seeing him much after that first defensive series. Uh, he was part of that first sack. Just goes to show you the, that they're running different defense out there every week because Owasso, he had a huge snap count against the Patriots. Patriots run a very different offense than what the Texans can do. So, yeah, different game plan every week. It makes it really hard for the opposing teams to to figure out what to do. Right. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, from the execution, at least of the game plan, it looked like that may have been by design. I mean, you know, we just talked about how Watson was standing back in the pocket, you know, for far too long. You know, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with the Ravens' uh, coverage in the back end. Being able to have Bynes and 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 Ford and you know some of those other dimes sort of players out there, Levine and Clark, having those guys being able to drop into coverage, some of those guys blitzing, kind of gave us a good balance, you know, which is why we were able to see so many sacks on Watson. I think so. You know, overall, I I, I wouldn't read much into it as you guys have have said. You know, depends week to week on what the game plan is going to be. But yeah, I mean, he was at least for those nine snaps, he got a sack out of it. You know, it was definitely. A, a great thing to be able to get that in there. So I'm sure there'll be more opportunities for Peanut uh, within the coming weeks. With that, do we want to break in some of the big plays? I just want to give a one one more shout out, though, man. Uh, one guy we hadn't talked about, Matt Judon. Talk about a game he had. Overall, the defense, the defensive effort from the guys yesterday against Houston, definitely by far the best game that they've played all season. I think. And, you know, the guy leading that, Matt Judon. I mean, he had seven tackles, two sacks, and three tackles for a loss, I believe. I mean, that's an insane stat line. That guy played out of his mind yesterday. So, you know, kudos to him, man. It was actually four tackles for a loss. Four tackles for a loss. Yeah. There you go. And it wasn't just him. I mean, he obviously had the monster game, but I mentioned Jalen Ferguson's name earlier, how he, he had found some success against Tunsil. Four tackles for him, including one sack two tackles for loss and a QB hit. Tyus Bowser continues to improve. He had three tackles, two sacks, tackle yeah. for loss and two QB hits. Now, granted, one of those sacks was on McCarron at the end there, but I'm still going to give that to him. That was still, you know. Tyus was playing great, man, because he also got that penalty against him. 
Uh, and I think that was just good hustle, good play. Oh, that was definitely not roughing the passer. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I'm I'm very proud to see the growth he's made. I think Harps has said the same. It's cool seeing, like we said last week, you know, Tyus Bowser's really starting to step it up. And his departed uh, draft mate, Tim Williams, not on the team anymore, but he's really been coming into his own this season. And then, yeah, we still haven't talked about Josh Bynes' pick, man. That play, he got, you know, I don't know what Watson was thinking there, but still, that's a hard catch to make yeah, there right yeah when Watson is just trying to laser that in from like three yards in front of you that's that's tough to catch when it's coming that fast oh yeah you got to get your hands up quick yeah <laughs> again I have no idea what Watson was thinking on that play seeing it live it was just like what are you doing man <laughs> like I know you've been dancing around for a while and trying to make a play but throwing a ball over nine guys on the line right there just didn't seem like a great idea <laughs> I mean, I could have understood it if he was trying to get a guy like across the field, you know, maybe throw it up a little higher or something. But, you know, there were just too many hands in that mix there. It, it just, it was not a good decision. It was not going to turn out well. I have to say that it does really say something about how good the defensive performance was if as a team, and this was actually all the offense because the defense didn't get any touchdowns yesterday. Ravens put up 41 points. And we've just been gushing for 10 minutes on the on the defense before even talking about anything that happened on offense. <laughs> I was just about to say with that, I think we should get into the offense. But yeah, giving up only seven points, one of which, the, I mean, the seven was on a big chunk play. That feels really, really great for the defense. If they keep doing stuff like that, we're going to win every football game. We are dogging everyone we play. Everyone we play. It's like we don't care who you are, where you came from. We're going to beat you by 30 points plus, and we don't even give a shit. Hell yeah. Because I'm confident this offense, which we're about to get into, will score you at least seven. They're probably going to score you at least 21 at this point. <laughs> it's really, really good. Well, every game that, that Jackson has started in his career, the Ravens have scored at least 20 points. Wow. It was brought to my attention today that it was his uh, anniversary. He started uh, not too long ago last year. He has his 17 games now. Oh, there you go. Lamar and I share a special day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, today is uh, Chris's birthday. Thank you for spending it talking to us, fools. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely, guys. It was great going to the game with you guys. It was an awesome time. We haven't even talked about that at all much. Man, there's just so much to talk about. So much to talk about with this team, man. Just how dominant they've been over the past four weeks i mean if you're just looking at the houston game the new england game and the seattle game in those three games the ravens outscored the opposition 108 to 43 and i'll have to do some quick math with the bengals game what was that game 49 to 13 that's right so then there you've got the over the past four weeks ravens have outscored the opposition 157 to 56 that is insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a three times as many points scored. Wow. Well, the power rankings are starting to reflect the fact that we're the number one team in the NFL. They had us around two last week, and it seems like this week they're starting to wisen up. I think it's abundantly clear that those watching the NFL, there's one team that is really, really hitting on all cylinders, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. Feels so good to say it. I tell you what, it it feels it just feels so weird, you know? We're just not used to this as a fan base. We're we're so used to being one of those teams that are overlooked. 
and you know we're always trying to scrap for that top position and now it's just we don't know i feel like we don't know what to do with ourselves you know i'm really glad the way harbs is handling it because this team does seem super laser focused he was talking about in the post game in the locker room as the stakes get bigger the focus gets narrower and him lamar every leader on that team is is sticking to that line and i think really living it that way and it's awesome they're handling it the right way too. Absolutely, yeah. Because we've we've been on the outside looking in at this, and I mean, just become as a team is hot right now. You know, you want to make sure that the team's not peaking. And like you said, the coaches and the players—they're all saying the right things to make it seem like they're laser focused on that. That's a thing that can happen if you take your foot off the gas pedal and you start thinking you're better than you actually are, and don't put in quite as much work as you did the previous weeks that got you to where you are. I think this team is really feeding off the the doubt that that the national media had on this team coming into the year. There are a lot of people who were questioning Lamar and whether or not this offense would be found out by this point this year. A lot of people picking the Ravens to finish third in the division behind Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And you know, if this is as good as they get this year, they haven't proven anything. They got to keep keep this pace up. I, I think they're going to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good. It, it It's just awesome. It's just hey, awesome. I, I told you guys, I told you guys before the game even started, when we were outside getting ready to go in to the, the gates. This is kind of bold prediction 1A, I guess, but... I think if the Ravens win today, which I will say is a tall order, it's going to be a tall task today. I think either team could pull out with here. But if the Ravens win today, I think their floor for what we can expect their final record to be is 13-3. and three. Now that they've, they've won the game, I think I feel even more confident about that statement. <laughs> yep. I'd be really surprised at this point if they're not one of the top two seeds. It's just a question of, will people like Philadelphia get off their butts and win? Come on, man. I was so mad watching that game. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody needs to beat new england for us It'd be really great <laughs> somebody besides us yeah like we did one we did all we could do <laughs> i mean i guess yeah. we could have not lost earlier in the season but at this point it's like somebody help us out please <laughs> yeah gosh man uh, yeah it'll <laughs> for for such a great season that we're having it'll definitely be one thing too if if uh you know we didn't have to worry about new england you know, <laughs> getting one of those first two seeds. You know, gosh, we got a good man. shot, guys. We definitely have a good shot. I mean, candidly, they're playing the Cowboys, the Texans, the Chiefs. The next three games, they're bound to lose one of them, right? <laughs> Come on, you would like, hope so. They look, they look really vulnerable, right? After we crushed them, they do. They only beat Philly by one touchdown after a bye. And gosh, their offense is struggling so much. I don't know if you guys saw, like Brady came out after the game and he was just like the way our team is right now, like our offense's job is just to stay out of the way of our defense and special teams. It's just like, like we can only do, we can't really do too much right now. So it's, I mean, if, if Brady's out there publicly saying that, I know that they play head games up there in new England, but I mean, 26 for 47 for 216 yards. I mean, that looks like a, a really bad, like Joe Flacco game. Yeah. You know, it'd really <laughs> suck if you, <laughs> If you want your best friend to play him over (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo in several fantasy football leagues and he (laughs) believed you. (laughs) 
don't know if that's what you're gonna say, but I, I wouldn't say it. That was that was totally what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey man, man, that's that's your fault for trusting me. Dude, we all we all found out we all found out this weekend cooking times cooking times pretender you're not for real. <laughs> oh man, yeah, um, I I might still win both of those matchups, but it's closer than it should be. It's definitely closer than it should be. <laughs> all right, guys, enough with all that. Let's talk about this offense. Forty-one points, can't deny it. Amazing production from the team, led by the MVP candidate Lamar Jackson. Mark, can you? Uh, Give us the intro for us. The MVP front runner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. Yeah. I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. Whoopie. I'm about that. Whoopie. Big trust. Whoop whoop. Lamar Jackson <laughs> in the flesh. <laughs> yes, sir. Big, Big trust. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. New era ain't apparel. Hey, this man funny. Yeah, I mean, talk about a huge game from for Lamar. I mean, this this I think was one of those games too where it was pretty clear early on he was making a statement in the pocket. There were only a couple of, of breakdowns really where he had to go out and scramble and pick up some yards. He almost recreated his uh, 57-yard touchdown run from Cincinnati. It was almost recreated it this past uh, Sunday. You know, unfortunately got tackled inside the 10. But I mean, he had a great game and uh, Mark Ingram too, man. Two touchdowns. I mean, he looked he looked like he was having a way with the the Texans defense. Do I do rarely do you see a running back get more open than you saw him on that first yeah. touchdown? <laughs> it's like, how did he get that wide open? I have no idea. <laughs> That's amazing, Mark Ingram touchdown, baby. I, I thought I, I was seeing things. I was looking around just like, where's the Houston defender? They just left that entire side of the field wide open Well, for that touchdown. Argu- arguably, uh, Mark Andrews got away with a uh, pick play on that, which is eh. why he was so open. <laughs> I heard about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is um, fair. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we were definitely the benefit of a couple calls yesterday. Yeah, We didn't the, even talk um, about the one, but mm-hmm. uh, the one that, uh, Nuke is so hyped up about. Yeah, I heard from someone today. Maybe, well, we were none of us watched the the broadcast, but I heard apparently Dan Fouts was like talking about that all game about how that should have been overturned. Was trying to spin it like that had a huge impact on the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you take away that the yeah the the initial score where you know Marlon Humphrey Marlon Humphrey wasn't called for PI on Hopkins you take away that you know give Houston another 7 points all right 41-14 even take away the pick play from from Ingram right i mean we're still up by at least three scores you know it, could it have <laughs> right. could it have changed the momentum yes it's just really hard to say you know overall i, I think the the real story of it though is that Baltimore's defense got better moving on and I mean the offense too I mean you know they scored 14 points in the second quarter 14 you know 13 in the third quarter and then 14 again in the fourth quarter I mean they got things done man they they shut the game out and they let their foot off the gas too they put in RG3 you know they they started putting in backups near the end of the game so Gus the bus Gus the bus <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> finish the it 30 off yard block huge. yeah Miles Boykin with the 30 yard block yeah, man. I, I tell you what, Miles he still needs to work on getting open, but he's a damn good run blocker. Yeah, definitely needs to work on his separation. They gave him two shots in the beginning of the game. 
uh, and he wasn't able to convert on either of them. But he'll get there. I, I think I think he really will develop. We've already seen some growth this season, and yeah, Harbs mentioned it. This is a really unselfish offense. People play their role for the good of the offense and the team, and it really shows. One thing I wanted to say about those two controversial plays is uh, I didn't realize how much of a hubbub it would be on Twitter. I mean, they were all, that's all that people were talking about for several minutes on Twitter, just the inconsistency of the PI calls, even that they're coming from the same office in New York, just incredibly inconsistent. Uh, we definitely got away with one there. And like we said uh, on Twitter, <laughs> my bold prediction of three catches for Hopkins was shut down in the first possession. Uh, <laughs> They're playing pretty soft on him, but they did, like you said, Chris, improve over time. And uh, he didn't get that many more receptions afterwards comparatively. Definitely. We'll see what happens there. I think there's going to be changes to that rule. They're either going to have to change how they're reviewing it or just get rid of the option. Cause at this point it's just an embarrassment for the league. Yeah. I think it's what six have been overturned so far. I don't know out of how many, but it's a very low percentage. It's just, I, th- I think more often than not pass interference is so subjective. Anyway, if it's called, it's very hard to overturn it. Cause I mean, what, what you saw in the NFC championship game, that, doesn't happen on a normal basis where something's that blatant and is right. missed. Right. I think I think they should leave the rule in, but I think just coaches should just realize that this is only you're only going to get this if it's something that's that obvious. I kind of feel like it's like speeding laws, <laughs> not to get into speeding on a Ravens podcast, but hmm. you know what I mean? Like I feel like in general it'd be maybe a more interesting game considering how pass happy it is if the requirements of PI were turned down a little bit. But if you're particularly reckless, like NFL blitz style, <laughs> like it's cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. But otherwise, like you allow the defense to play a little bit more aggressively. I think that might make it for a more interesting game at this point. Because it's starting to, I mean, <laughs> I guess interesting is maybe not the right term because it's like, it'll be less scoring, which people love. But uh, <laughs> it might be a little bit, I don't know, more even for both sides. Hey, or unless you have an offense like ours, which relies more on the run. Can't get called for PI if you don't throw the ball. <laughs> Well, unless you're setting a pick play, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To continue, we loved, I think this is one of the best moments of the game together, when a bogus penalty redacted Andrew's 13-yard reception, and on the next play, he was like, screw it, 52 yards. How you like that? <laughs> I think that was the exact same play, too. It at least looked like the same route. And yeah, you're right. He just turned that into like to four times the yardage that he had on the initial play <laughs> that was just that was fun yeah Andrews had another monster game that and then the uh the touchdown pass which uh, absolute laser from Millar by the way that was a great play you know just spreading the Texans defense out wide I think we had five wide I don't know how many tight ends we had in there not three but there was at least one Andrews was in there but that was a heck of a play by him as well his ability to stay in the pocket step up find ho- little creases and holes but deliver the ball and not get frazzled is really second to none. People don't really talk about it enough. He is doing an amazing job in the pocket. He really is. And even that footwork, like if you compare that to what he was doing in Kansas, Kansas city, where he was still throwing off his back foot a bit and, and not stepping up as consistently, like you were saying, I mean, you rewatch the game film. He's stepping up in the pocket on almost every play where he has the time to, and 
I mean, we heard it at the stadium yesterday from some other fans, and I'm hearing it from other fans as well who I'm talking to throughout the weeks, hearing it from so many fans about how no one was expecting this, to see this much improvement from Lamar and his his passing portion of the game at this state. And I mean, even, you know, we believe that he could make the leap, but I'm still not sure if we thought it was going to be this good. I mean, he's got... 19 touchdowns, he's just five interceptions. That doesn't even include his, his rushing touchdowns, but still, like, through 10 games of, of the season, that's pretty good. I think he's going to, Alec, I think he's got a shot to obliterate your um, bold prediction for how many passing yards he was going to get on the season. Oh, me too. Me too. And what I will say, say this. 3,200? 30, was that what you said? I said the line, I think the line was 3,200, and I, for, um, Kyler Murray, so I said 3,500 for Lamar, and yeah, he's going to break it. I think another thing I want to say, bold prediction slash statement, without looking at the actual league, I th- I will say with confidence in my heart and in my eyes that Lamar Jackson, the guy who's a running back in many people's eyes still to this day, is in the top 12 of pocket passers. You could you know, <laughs> cut his legs off other than the ability to move around the pocket and adjust, make mo- small adjustments. He's the a top pocket passer at this point. Our running back throws the ball better than your quarterback. Hey, man. It's like I told you at the game. Dude, I don't care what opposing fan bases call Lamar. A running back, a quarterback, a wide receiver. I just call him MVP. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, feels good. <laughs> yeah, those MVP chants at the stadium, man. Wow, really something. One thing we talked about, Mark Ingram, wide open, potential you know, pick, etc., no one could take away the juke he did. Unbelievable balance and footwork <laughs> from him to get in the end zone the second time. Every time I watched it, I mean, even at the game, I was like, whoa, what did he just do? And watching the replay, I was just like, that's wild. He put like all his weight on the left foot, swung his right foot out like a uh, bicycle stand, <laughs> and just fired out of that missed tackle and ran it in. Yeah, that was a heck of a play, man. Just to be able to like juke and kind of like dip below that tackle, you know. It, you know, from a guy who's human wrecking ball, I mean, just like powering through guys, it's just amazing just to see, you know, he's got some finesse moves too. I mean, I, I know, you know, Saints fans have been really high on Mark for a long time. They really liked him as a player, really sad to see him go. Just seeing Mark in person now for, you know, 10 games already this season, it's it's uh, it, it's it's definitely awesome to see. It's, it's a nice surprise that, you know, he was basically just as advertised, if not more. Oh, Hayden, Hayden Hurst and his like three receptions in the first quarter, two, because <laughs> one was called back. <laughs> That's just how they start. It's it's like in uh, 2015, like you remember in 2015 where like half of the Ravens games, they would start the game by doing that play action pass and then just dump it off to Ushek. That's like the this thing with the Ra- with the Ravens <laughs> offense this year. It's just like, okay, it's, it's the first drive. We got to get Hayden Hurst's two catches of the game and then <laughs> move on <laughs> with the game plan. <laughs> You know, it's funny you brought up Juice Check. I um, had a conversation today with K-Fish, uh, correspondent K-Fish, as I like to call him on the pod, how um, it's so cool to see Peters come to the Ravens. Like, the guy plays like a Raven. What we didn't talk about is he was intimidating and taunting DeAndre Hopkins, of all people, all game long, and kind of, like, showed up for it. <laughs> you know, he was yapping at him, doing the come here, come here uh, motion. The guy's a raven. He just straight intimidating on the other side of the ball. Ball hawk. I love it. I'm so glad that he found his home 
here with Baltimore. We got to resign him, right? Juice check. He loved this offense. He loved this offense. It's so sad. He left his home to go to the 49ers. <laughs> I know it's been many years in the making, but I would love to have him on this team. Could you imagine him, Ricard, and those three tight ends? Well, I don't know if we have Ricard as, as well, if we still have Yushek, but but yeah, if you did have Yushek to go along with those three guys and Ricard, we, we definitely wouldn't need to throw to a wide receiver at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although I'm sure he's not... Uh... He's not missing us too much. 49ers are doing pretty good themselves, so I'm sure he's he's happy where he's at. Oh. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if he if he misses us in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I will say, though, back to what you were mentioning about uh, Marcus Peters, though, Alec. I'll say I, I was feeding off his energy, man. Every time he'd, uh, he'd be standing out there, if he wasn't motioning at Hopkins, he'd be motioning at the stands to you know, make some noise, make some noise. And uh, I was all about it, man. Every time he did that, I was like, let's go. Did we ever? 12th Man was an action. I think that same was as loud as I've ever heard it. And I've heard it pretty loud. It was rocking. It's a lot of fun to be a Ravens fan. A lot of fun to go to the games. If you're able to, highly recommend getting out there. Chris and I will be at the 49ers game, the next home game. So yeah, definitely look into to making a game, guys. It's, it's an um, unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah, I mean... Come on, we got to get the stadium filled. I was actually a little surprised. Club level and and lower tier, I did sell very few purple seats, if any. But I don't know if you guys noticed, I looked up to the top tier. I saw a lot more empty seats than I thought I would. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it is a little crazy, man. I mean, you know, we definitely have the most exciting brand of football that we've had in at least seven to eight years. So, you know, I would think it would be selling out more. I, I know there's been kind of a downturn overall the last couple of years in ticket sales and, and attendance but man I, w- I would think with Baltimore being such a strong football town that you know with things looking up it would have been sold out again but yeah it's it, it's been kind of crazy I know ticket prices themselves aren't <laughs> the best you know it'd still be nice to you know see them go down and we have to that way we don't have to get things you know secondhand on StubHub like everybody but you know well, that excitement is feeding to a more expensive StubHub arena. Like the 49ers tickets we bought before we beat the Patriots, they're already up like $30 to the ticket at this point than when we bought them, and they were already over face value. So I, I feel like it's one of those things where eventually people get priced out. People have better TVs at home, et cetera. They don't have to deal with the cold. Right. But I mean, I, I guess as Peter said, too, but, you know, if, if uh, you know, people may be buying the tickets, but, you know, it may, it may not be everybody showing up. Yeah, which is yeah. You know, kind of a shame, but definitely. We got a Ravens recap exclusive, guys. One thing we haven't talked about is special teams. In this episode, there were actually quite a few interesting special teams plays. First of all, our wizard. Uh, <laughs> how did Peter put it? So I figured it out. Justin Tucker is the wizard, but Lamar is the magician. Because he's like Houdini. Dude, he's not like Houdini. He is Houdini. Well, Justin missed his first regular field goal attempt all season this game. Very disappointing to see. And then they did a fake field goal. They were kind of in no man's land, but a pretty long field goal. And that did not work out for him. So it was a very interesting special teams day. Yeah, I think, I think for that, uh, that kick he did miss, man, I think he was trying to, to do that one off the upright again, like he did against Cincy, that home game. But oh, I think it was even a little harder for him this week. The The wind was really swirling early in that game. I mean, 
also just that pocket of the stadium. Um, the Texans missed a field goal of similar length in the second quarter. Yep, coming in right. that same direction. Their kicker hooked it pretty far right. Tucker's at least hit the upright. But yeah, I mean, but that just speaks to how good this guy is. You know, we're making a big deal over he missed a field goal in a, in a league where kickers are still in scarcity. Right. I mean, he did make his other, you know, two field goals and all the other extra points, which was good. Definitely made up for that. But yeah, it, it felt like the wind was a little bit stronger earlier in the game. But you know, near the second half, it it didn't seem like much. At least where we were sitting, you know, I'm sure being down in the bowl was probably a little bit different. But but yeah, the let's talk about the fake field goal though. That was kind of an interesting play. I mean, we're fortunate that it didn't turn into any points. You know, going the other way, I, I'm not sure I love the call. But again, I mean, you know, hindsight's a little 2020 here. It, you know, I, I guess I could kind of see the coaching staff wanting to try something different, you know, a little bit of a wrinkle that, you know, people haven't seen before. This is, I think, the first time we've pulled that out all season. So, it you know, it's it's good to get that on film, but if that would have sparked a Texans comeback, I would have been a little bit more, you know, worried. So we discussed that our wizard, he, he made a mortal miss. I've been informed by a friend of the pod that the wizard was seen at a local watering hole after the game ordering a uh, Sazerac to mellow out his sorrows after the miss. He was with his wife. They enjoyed dinner. And uh, even 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 wizards have to have a drink sometimes after a disappointing uh, performance at work. <laughs> I'm with you, Tuck. I feel you, man. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to have a little off day, man. But, you know, we're so spoiled, dude. I mean, <laughs> a little, an, an off day yeah. for him is missing one field goal, and he still made two others and all of his extra points. It's like... Wizard mode is hashtag canceled. Not canceled, delayed. <laughs> that's not the end of the world, but, you know, this guy's a wizard. He's supposed to be perfect. Yeah, if you, if you don't know, because I didn't know what a Sazerac is, it's a uh, quarter ounce of absinthe, sugar cube, a shot of Sagamore rye, at least in Baltimore, and three dashes of uh, some, what is it, Paychalds bitters? Let's go with that. I don't know <laughs> those bitters. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. But hey, Justin Tucker, if I was creating a team in the NFL of All-Stars, you'd still be my kicker. Don't feel bad. All right, so now we're going to do our MVPs of the week. I have three guys I could give the MVP to, so I'm going to let both of you guys go, and then I'll just list list all of them if you don't mention any of them. But (laughs) Chris, I sold it, so you, you go first. All right, my MVP this week, Matt Judon. It feels like a uh, definitely a good week to pick somebody on the defense. You know, like we talked about earlier, all those guys deserve a big shout out for their performance. I, I think Judon, you know, his work speaks for itself. Jumps out on the stat sheet. He just had an, an absolutely phenomenal game. Uh, enjoy your Taco Bell, dude. You earned it this week. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I'm going to go with the obvious choice is because I'm hoping that it's not one of uh, Peter's three, so we can hear all of them. But Lamar Jackson, I want all friends to keep up promises just like you. You said in an interview on Friday that you're going to feed Seth Roberts, and you did. So you know what? Not only did you have an MVP performance, but you uh, held true to your word to one of your friends on the team, and I appreciate that. MVP. Oh, we did forget to talk about that touchdown pass. I thought that was excellent body control to come back to that ball that Roberts did there. That was a great play. Absolutely. 
So for my MVPs, one of my guys was already taken. So Chris took Matt Judon, but I also have to add in there for my MVPs, Tyus Bowser and Jalen Ferguson, because I think that the pass rush was the difference in this game. I mean, Deshaun Watson, if the Ravens were getting the type of pressure on him that they put against Pat Mahomes in Kansas City uh, or you know, the lack of pass rush they had against Baker Mayfield, you're, you're going to see that guy make some plays. And he didn't get a chance to make any plays yesterday. So all three of those guys were were huge in, in shutting out one of the, the best young quarterbacks in the NFL today. So props to those guys. Hope they keep it up. And with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of Ravens Recap. Make sure to tune in for the Ravens' next big game against the Rams in primetime Monday night. We'll be doing our prediction episode come later this week where we'll discuss what we see coming forward. Again, we really appreciate all the support. Give us a review if you can on iTunes. Follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts and get in touch. Feedback at ravensrecap.com via email or even better yet, you can reach out to us on Twitter. We're pretty active on there, sharing interesting things we see throughout the week and during the game at Ravens underscore recap. We'll see you later in the week. You guys are going to let it go, huh? You expect that one. No, you don't expect that. I mean, that was, that was remarkable. You know, it was incredible. I've never seen one quite like it, except for last week. So, you know, um, yeah, we, we like it when we see that.